0: Welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 27th of May. This is David, and your other readers this week are John and Norma. The editor this week is Mark. All are members of Team 5. Most of our news items were taken from the Hemel, Hempstead, Bergenstead and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442, unless it says otherwise. This week's headlines New leader takes over at council and club charity. These and other stories now follow. Here is the news. This
1: is John. Decorum Borough Council's first new leader in 24 years has said his borough does not indulge in yaboo politics. After the local elections earlier this month, The Liberal Democrats have a majority on the Hertfordshire Authority for the first time in its 49-year history. Councillor Ron Tyndall, Lib Dem Group leader and Councillor representing Adyfield West in Hemel Hempstead, was elected leader of the Borough Council at a meeting on Wednesday, May 17th. The party took 28 seats out of 51 seats earlier this month, a gain of 9. The Conservative Party lost 13 seats, bringing their total down to 18 and making them the largest political group in opposition. Councillor Andrew Williams, the Asyfield East Councillor, who became borough leader in 1999, remains conservative group leader. The Labour Party, which lost all of its seats on the authority at the 2019 election, has has returned to the council's benches with three members. There are additionally two independent councillors who have both been conservative councillors in the past. Councillor John Burney in Bennett's End and Councillor Jan Maddern in Nash Mills. Responding to his election as leader, Councillor Tyndall said, I would just like to say how much I respect the manner in which the leader of the opposition has conducted himself. He always paid me the due respect when he was in office and I intend to do the same with him. I hope with our new Labour colleagues, we will have the same relationship. Decorum is known right across Hertfordshire because we don't indulge in the Yaboo politics. We get on and do the job. Decorum was the target seat for the Liberal Democrats. Sir Ed Davey MP, the party's leader, launched his national local election campaign in Berkhamsted. The party's local manifesto include promises for a new approach to housing, which prioritizes brownfield land and housing figures for local needs. Councillor Tyndall has promised to be real with communities. Look again at controlled parking zones, CPZs, where residents need their own parking increase the number of green flag parks and produce a credible sports and leisure strategy.
2: Hello, this is Norma. A report by Stephanie Yule. Tring Rugby Club youngsters have raised funds in honour of a young star who was taken far too soon. Ten years ago, a valued member of the Tring Rugby family, Hector Stringer, was tragically lost to suicide aged just 18. Turning tragedy to good, his parents founded the local charity Hector's House to try to prevent other families suffering as they have. Tring Rugby under 13s were honoured to have Hector's father Robert join them this season to teach them how to manage their mental health and to remind them of the help available. The team was so moved by the talk that they committed to raising funds for the charity. The boys used their annual tour as an opportunity to raise money and donated their surplus fundraising cash plus extra funds raised from fun tour fines. At the end of the season awards event this week, the team were thrilled to present Robert with a cheque for 1,117 pounds and 50 pence and the amount will be doubled by the big give scheme Hector's House is always available to help visit Hector's or text Hector to 85258 there is also a message from the Samaritans every 10 seconds Samaritans respond to a call for help we're here day or night For anyone who's struggling to cope, who needs someone to listen without judgment or pressure. Samaritans is not only for the moment of crisis, we're taking action to prevent the crisis. You can contact the Samaritans by email or by calling 116123. Whatever you're facing, a Samaritan will face it with you.
0: Students with special educational needs, aged between 16 and 18, are to face an annual £1,554 charge for home-to-school transport, regardless of the distance they have to travel. Currently, those students aged 16 to 18 who qualify for home-to-school transport only pay 1554 if their school or college is seven or more miles from their home and they attend full-time. And the charge is reduced proportionally, depending on distance from home and the number of days attended. But now the County Council has agreed that a flat rate fee of £1,554 should be charged, regardless of the distance travelled, although it will be reduced for those students who do not attend every day. The introduction of a flat charge for 16 to 18 year olds is one of a number of home to school transport measures agreed by a meeting of the County Council's Cabinet that will come into force in September. And it will, according to the plans, be updated from time to time to reflect future inflation in costs. In addition, A new policy will clarify the role of the passenger assistants who staff vehicles alongside drivers. And the County Council will also pilot a scheme that would make available spare seats at a £1,554 cost annually to those pupils with educational care plans who attend special school but are not entitled to transport. The Hertfordshire 16 to 18 rail card will no longer be available to new applicants. And for parents who want to organise their own transport, personal travel budgets will be increased. Presenting the changes to the Cabinet, the Executive Member for Education, Libraries and Lifelong Learning, Councillor Terry Doris, acknowledged an understandable range of responses to the public consultation. He said that the current charges for 16 to 18-year-olds based around mileage bands, were felt to be disadvantageous to many young people. He said some parents were already paying £1,554, and while he acknowledged calls for the change not to be implemented, he said they needed to grasp the nettle. Alternatively, parents and carers can already opt to manage their child's transport in return for a personal transport budget. As part of the changes agreed by the cabinet, this would be increased to 55 pence a mile with an additional payment of £150 per term.
1: Continuing on, Councillor Doris said there was a strong desire to encourage parents to take up the option for personal travel budgets, which he said would offer them greater flexibility. And even with the increased payments, he said, it would cost the council an average of 3,500 per pupil, compared to the average SEND transport cost of 9,300. Finally, addressing the removal of the Hertfordshire 16 to 18 rail card, he pointed to the low uptake, suggesting that only one had been taken up recently, At the meeting, Executive Member for Resources and Performance, Councillor Bob Dearing highlighted the enhancement of the personal travel budgets. We will thereby be giving people more independence about the way they deal with their affairs, the way they organise their travel, and the way they deal with their own budgeting, he said. I think it's very good, and I am thoroughly supportive. Also presented to the cabinet was the results of the public consultation, including a late response from HART's Parent-Carer Involvement, HPCI. In the written response, HPCI agreed that the role of passenger assistance should be clarified, but with, they said, further clarity to support higher standards, safety, planning and communication. But the organisation said that the amendments to the charging structure for 16 to 18-year-olds should not be implemented. Regarding the direct recommendations, we do not agree with the increase in cost or introducing a flat rate, says the response from HPCI. For many, even at the suggested slightly lower rate than the original consultation, This is still a substantial increase with those travelling the least distance, most adversely affected by the new proposals. HPCI said that if the railcard was removed, information on available schemes should be well publicised. And it said personal travel budget rates should be increased, with a view to reviewing rates regularly. They passed the introduction of the spare seats pilot but said that the risk assessments should be put into place. Initially as part of the public consultation document the council has suggested the flat rate for 16 to 18 transport should be 1792 a year although the figure was reduced to 1554. According to the proposals for those young people already eligible for 16 to 18 home-to-school transport, the current charging structure will continue until they complete their current courses. However, where they are paying less than the 1,554 maximum, their charge will be increased by 10%.
2: Hertfordshire County Council is moving its popular music centre to the Hearts County Show over the May Bank Holiday weekend. The countywide music service is relocating to the showground in Redbourne for a two-day pop-up event as part of the County Council's theme, Hertfordshire, County of Musical Opportunity. The pop-up on May the 27th and May the 28th will showcase some of the Music Centre's recent gala performance at the Royal Albert Hall and celebrate the breadth and quality of music making taking place in schools and their communities across the county. Performances will include massed school choirs, Hartford's School Symphony Orchestra, County Youth Choir, the winners of the gala comp- composition, songwriting and rap competitions, as well as many more wonderful musicians, dancers and performers to showcase the talent that Hertfordshire Schools and the Music Service has. The Hertfordshire County Show made a flying success back to form last year with 45,000 visitors over the weekend, with the council planning to run its most memorable marquee yet. Terry Douris, Executive Member for Localism, said, I believe the County Council's Harts County Show pitch this year will not only be our most exciting and successful yet, but also showcase a really valuable service that truly embodies our values of achieving healthy and fulfilling lives for all the residents of Hertfordshire. We know from our recent budget consultation that giving every child the best possible start in life and, by creating healthy places, inspiring and empowering residents to live healthy lifestyles which give them the opportunity to live life well are your priorities, as much as they are ours. Residents often ask about children's well-being and mental health and we know that playing and listening to music can be an excellent way to improve both all Hertfordshire's children and young people, regardless of background or circumstances, have the opportunity to discover or to develop their unique musical voice and express themselves through the language of music. I'm really looking forward to meeting you all and enjoying the entertainment together. There will also be an opportunity to find out more about free instrument loan schemes help with music tuition fees, and the wide variety of lessons that are on offer to all the young people in the county.
0: MP Sir Mike Penning opened the new Strathallan Business Centre in Hemel-Hempstead, and congratulated working mum Donna Butchart, the brains behind the venture, and her team for the initiative that had gone into the concept. He said, I'm always keen to support new business ventures and this centre is not only a new business itself but its aim is to support more new businesses. It will no doubt be a valuable resource for local Perth people who want to be able to use the facilities or have specialist assistance with finances, IT, marketing and sales. Donut set up the unique centre which provides a different way of working for local people and businesses across Hertfordshire after experiencing many of the challenges business owners and working parents face. As well as dedicated hot desks, a media centre and a presentation suite, there is a virtual services team to manage finances, payroll, contracts, marketing and sales for members. A concierge team can also help organise an outfit for World Book Day, get a key cut or order an evening meal for you. Hemel-Hempstead MP Sir Mike, who has served in this role since 2005, added, Starting a new business is a daunting prospect for anyone, but to have access to a top-rate facility such as this, which offers support, mentoring and friendly advice, will be a real help. I wish them well and every success for the future. Strathallen House Business Centre is located on Fernville Lane, Midland Road, Hemel Hempstead, HP24LS.
1: A well-respected Harts police officer took two weeks off after lying about taking part in jury service. Former PC Musa Kalec was struck off after a misconduct hearing on Friday, May the 12th, when he admitted lying to his superiors. The Hertfordshire constabulary officer took an authorized leave at public expense according to the force's chief constable. He was due to sit on a jury for 2 weeks starting on August the 12th, 2022. But the court stood down PC Carlick on August the 17th. He then failed to attend work on the night shift for Monday August the 22nd. A report by Chief Constable Charlie Hall reads, when spoken to by his line manager, lied and text him the court confirmation that he had been warned to attend jury service, but not that he had been stood down. He did not attend work or make contact with his supervisors further for the next two weeks. On September the 2nd, 2022, He then text-messaged his line manager, stating that it was the last day of his jury service, that it had not been extended and that he would be back on the following Monday. The former officer sent a copy of his jury service notification to his supervisor by text after it was cancelled. According to Chief Constable Hall, P.C. Carlick. Accepted his, befa- his behaviour amounted to a breach of honesty and integrity and discredi- discreditable conduct. The chief constable added, P.C. Carlic also showed discreditable conduct as his actions were not those expected of a police officer and would damage the reputation of the constabulary in the eyes of the public had they known what he had done. P.C. Carlick took unauthorised leave at public expense. I consider these breaches are indeed so serious as to amount to gross misconduct. Weighing up the evidence, Chief Constable Hall wrote, no one in the constabulary encouraged him to do this. Indeed, no one on his team other than the officer himself knew his warning for jury service had been cancelled. His decision not to turn in to work and purport that the jury service warning was still current was his and his alone. A significant factor in this case is the dishonesty that has been shown.
2: As we approach the summer break and families are feeling the pinch, searches for food bank near me have increased by 200% over the past month. The new data has, been, has prompted credit company management company Lowell to conduct a nationwide study to discover how Brits are coping under the financial and social pressures of supporting a family during the cost-of-living crisis. With 1 in 10 of Brits, 11%, claiming they currently accumulate an extra £500 worth of debt every month, Lowell has also discovered that sacrifices families have made to make ends meet this year and the concerns for the forthcoming summer holidays. Lowell discovered that a quarter of parents are worried they won't be able to afford additional childcare whilst they're at work this summer and 13% have stated they may need to take unpaid leave to cover childcare arrangements. What changes are families making to make ends meet this summer? As many families report that they will struggle to afford essentials this summer, Brits are reducing spend on essential amen- amenities. Almost one in ten, eight percent, say they have sold or changed their car to a lower cost method of transport, while six percent have moved into cheaper accommodation. Further, a quarter say they've had to stop adding money to their savings accounts, leaving many families vulnerable to unplanned outgoing costs. This could, worryingly, put many at risk of debt, should the unexpected occur. The, fam- the survey also polled families on less essential outgoings, which their households are cutting back on, with a third saying that they are sacrificing meals out. Other cutbacks include fewer birthday gifts and purchasing no new clothes. People were assessed on what changes they'll be making as a family to make ends meet in 2023 as a percentage, and the findings were 34% will stop eating out, 28% will give fewer birthday and Christmas gifts, 28% will also buy no new clothes 25% will cancel holidays and 25% will stop adding money to savings accounts 22% will cancel subscriptions to such as Netflix Amazon Prime and so on 18% will switch to packed lunches 14% will go on no school trips thirteen percent will cancel home renovations and eleven percent will cancel courses such as driving or music lessons eight percent will sell or change the car to lower cost method of transport six percent move to cheaper accommodation and five percent cancel a house move
0: The local news media sector has announced the full launch of the Public Notice Portal, an initiative from the local news media sector to further promote public notices to communities and enhance local democracy by harnessing the sector's massive online audiences. The portal, which went live in a September soft launch, is backed by local publishers in membership of the News Media Association, with others expected to come on board immediately, further strengthening the coverage of public notices across the UK. The site now displays more than 10,000 live notices at any given time, with an average of. 2,500 notices now being added by local publishers every week. The portal has been developed by the local news media industry, including Reach PLC, which built the website with £1 million from the Google News Initiative. Public notices are surfaced on the main pages of local news websites further enhancing people's access to and understanding of important information about planning, construction, transport links, roadworks and licensing changes in their local area. The portal is fully searchable by postcode, type of notice and, in addition to operating as a standalone site, delivers notification for users who've signed up to receive alerts about particular types of notices or notices relating to a specific geographic area. Media Minister Sir John Whittingdale, MP, said, Newspapers remain a vital source of trusted information about local government decision-making, including through the delivery of public notices. The public notice portal is an excellent example of innovation from our local news sector, which will support local democracy by boosting online visibility of this essential information. Ensuring the activities of all local authorities are recorded in the portal will be key to its success. So I encourage local authorities and local press to work together to bring the full benefits of this tool to people across the UK. Last week, in its response to the Culture, Media and Sport Committee's report into the sustainability of local journalism, the government described the portal as a welcome innovation from the local news media sector, and pledge to keep public notices in printed local newspapers. It is clear that print newspapers still play a role in providing transparent and trusted information to local communities about local government decision-making, the response said.
1: Continuing on, the Public Notice Portal is designed to enhance the vital role of printed local newspapers in publicising public notices. Research from BVA BDRC shows that changing the requirement for local authorities to place public notices in, in printed local newspapers would see 10 million people, many of whom are in vulnerable or elderly groups, cut off from viewing the notices, creating a serious democratic deficit. NewsQuest Chief Executive Henry Forey Walker said, Highly trusted local news media has a critical role to play in ensuring public notices reach as many people in local communities as possible, ensuring the fullest possible scrutiny of the information they contain. As a sector, we have invested in the public notice portal, to further enhance and strengthen the role of local news media in promoting public notices by leveraging our large digital audiences. Debbie Weinstein, VP and MD, Google UK and Ireland, added, The public notice portal is a brilliant example of innovation from local news media sector and we are very pleased to have played our part in this success. Local news titles are essential in ensuring that people can access important information which will affect their lives and the portal will strengthen this vital democratic role even more. Local news media is highly trusted by the public and reaches huge audiences According to the latest audience data from JICREG Trust, local, the sector's audience audience measurement currency, 40 million people, 73% of GB population aged 15 and over, now read local news media in print and digital every month. And according to a separate survey by Newsworks, stroke one poll, 81% of Brits agree that they trust the news and the information they see in their local news media. Local newspapers and their websites. A rise of 7% on 2018.
2: Hertfordshire County Council has been directed to pay out £5,000 for its failure to provide education to a child who had been excluded from a school for children with severe learning difficulties. The boy who has developmental delay, cognitive impairment and behavioral problems was permanently excluded from school in October, 2021. Although he received personal tutoring from the beginning of November, this was withdrawn by the provider the following May After an incident between the child and the tutor and a new provider was not found until January 2023. In June 22, the parent complained that the special educational needs service had been unacceptable and that the council had not responded to her request for the boys needs to be reassessed and she suggested that remaining at home all the time was affecting the boys mental health. In autumn 2022, the County Council contacted 24 special schools in and out of Hertfordshire, but no school offered a place. In his report, the Ombudsman said that the Council was at fault for its failure to provide education between June 22 and the end of December 22, recommending that it pay £3,000. He also directed it to pay the mother £300 in recognition of the uncertainty caused by the council's delay in considering her request for reassessment of the child's needs and a further £1,200 to recognise the injustice caused by missed annual reviews. He also directed that the council should pay £500 to recognise the distress caused by the council's own failings within its complaints process and its failure to communicate with her effectively. In response to the Ombudsman's findings, a spokesperson said, we take the local government and social care Ombudsman's findings very seriously and where they find we have been at fault, we work hard to understand why that has happened, how we can put it right and how we can prevent it happening again. We would like to apologise to the family involved in this case. We are committed to working in partnership with young people, parents, carers and schools to ensure that all children with SEND and EHCPs in Hertfordshire receive the support they need and deserve. The number of children being identified who may require SEND support continues to increase, raising challenges both nationally and here in Hertfordshire. In common with many local authorities, we are experiencing an unprecedented increase in requests for specialist provision, with a 47% increase in pupils with education and health care plans, or EHCPs, since 2019, as well as the additional challenges caused by COVID-19. We are making new investments into the SEND system and are fully committed to making sure that all children with SEND and EHCPs in Hertfordshire receive the support they need and deserve.
0: Fire engines across the county have been equipped with specialist smoke hoods designed to help evacuate residents from fires in high-rise buildings. The hoods can be placed over the heads of those caught up in a blaze, allowing them to breathe while exiting through smoke-filled corridors or stairwells. They've already been used to rescue six people in the county, including three children from a high-rise blaze in Watford. And they are among the changes brought in by the Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service in the wake of the 2017 fire at Grenfell Tower in London and the inquiry that followed. At a meeting of the County Council's Public Health and Community Safety cabinet, Assistant Chief Fire Officer Simon Chuhill demonstrated the hood to councillors. We now have these on all of our frontline fire engines, two of these on every single fire engine, he said. A number of actions were identified by the fire service in Harvardshire in the wake of the inquiry into the Grenfell Tower fire, in which 72 people died. And since then, further actions have been identified by the National Fire Chiefs Council. At the meeting, it was reported that the service had now completed 94% of the actions identified in the wake of the inquiry and 82% of National Fire Chiefs Council recommendations. Among the changes is new software that provides key risk information about all high-rise buildings to fire crews, providing crews with an on-arrival tactics and plans. And all 97 designated high-rise buildings in the county have been visited by fire officers.
1: PCC defends Hart's police performance. Police and Crime Commissioner David Lloyd has defended the performance of Hertfordshire Constabulary in the wake of an inspection by his... Mat- His Majesty's Inspector of Constabularies and Fire and Rescue Services. Earlier this year, HMICFRS published a report into Hertfordshire Constabulary, based around nine areas of policing. The report stated the force was good in two areas, adequate in five, and requires improvement in another. No graded judgment is made in the final area. But at a meeting of the County Council's Public Health and Community Safety Cabinet panel, Mr. Lloyd highlighted changes to the inspector's grading categories. Whereas in the past there were four categories, outstanding, good, requires improvement, and inadequate. He said there is now an additional adequate category. The grading categories have been expanded now to include a middle ranking, he told the county councillors. The middle ranking is called adequate. Where forces are performing to the standard that would previously have been graded as good, they are now being graded as adequate and where the previous grading was outstanding that same performance will be graded as good. On the face of it, that means that policing as a whole appears to be performing in a way which sounds worse than in previous rounds of inspections and that has certainly been the tenor of recent media coverage, but that is not the case. It's simply a facet of the new inspection grading arrangements. Commenting on the findings of the inspection, he said, I'm pleased we had a positive inspection. He noted that, could, that the constabulary had been graded good in preventing crime and its treatment of the public, and adequate in investigating crime, protecting vulnerable people, managing offenders, developing a positive workplace and good use of resources. He highlighted that it had been graded as requires improvement in responding to the public, which he said related largely to the performance in the force control room, which he said all forces had found most challenging to achieve good grading. He reported that the force had already been aware of most of the issues and had impacted on grading. The changes to the graded judgments in the inspections are also highlighted within the HMI CFRS report. It states, as a result we can state more precisely where we consider improvement is needed and highlighted more effectively the best ways of doing things. However, these changes mean that it isn't possible to make direct comparisons between grades awarded in this round of P-E-E-L inspections with those from previous years. A reduction in grade, particularly from good to adequate, doesn't necessarily mean there's been a reduction in performance, unless we say so in the report.
2: Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on, and any more news.
0: Please note, the Decorum Talking Newspaper Annual General Meeting is on Saturday the 10th of June at 2pm at Warner's End Community Centre. All are welcome. Support for Decorum
1: Retirement marks a new phase in life, offering individuals an opportunity to pursue their passions and make a positive impact on their communities. One avenue that holds tremendous potential is volunteering. Engaging in volunteer work after retirement not only benefits the recipients of one's efforts, but also brings numerous advantages to the retirees themselves. By offering their time, skills and expertise retired individuals can make a significant difference in various areas. They can contribute to local schools, hospitals, shelters and charities among others. From mentoring the younger generation to providing support to vulnerable people, retired volunteers enrich their communities in countless ways. Volunteering provides you with a sense of purpose and fulfilment. Engaging in meaningful activities and witnessing the positive impact you have on others' lives can be deeply rewarding. Moreover, volunteering often fosters new social connections, enhancing mental and emotional well-being. Retirees who engage in volunteer work serve as role models for others inspiring individuals of all ages con- to contribute to their communities. By actively participating in volunteer initiatives, retired individuals become catalysts for positive change and help shape a brighter future for future generations. If you are interested in volunteering after retirement, get in touch with the Volunteer Centre. You can call us on 01442 247 or email us. You can also pop in to see us in the Roundhouse, the Round Building outside Boots in Hemel Town Centre. We are open Monday to Friday, 10am to 3pm.
2: Police in Hull Hempstead are reminding the public to think of personal safety and security first when considering travelling to meet someone to hand over property they have advertised for sale online. Incidents of people attempting to sell items such as mobile phones and laptops via online marketplaces and being tricked into delivering goods to thieves have been reported in the town. PC Joe Watson, from the Decorum's Safer Neighbourhood team, said If you are selling items online, please do so safely. We have had reports of victims, who sometimes have no knowledge about the location they are visiting, arriving at an arranged meet-up point, handing over goods to potential purchasers for examination, and the offenders running off with the item without paying for it if you use online selling sites please exercise caution especially where payment has not been made in advance and you are asked to travel to sell an item it is recommended to look at the buyers profile to check their history and that they have genuine details always meet in a busy public place covered by CCTV check the location on a trusted mapping service to see it's not isolated or unsuitable and to take someone else with you also be wary of people who offer to pay over the odds for an item people use these sites to buy goods at a reduced price so if an offer sounds too good to be true it usually is if you have any suspicions about the person you're dealing with walk away
0: Unplugging vampire appliances could save you a substantial amount in cash. Here are 10 of the appliances that use the most standby energy from the team at QuoteZone.co.uk. Desktop computer. Leaving the computer on standby will add another £13.39 to your annual bill. Laptop. The annual standby cost of a laptop is... £10.41. Smart speakers. People usually only use smart speakers for a few hours per day, but if they're left plugged in and on standby all year round, then it will add £7.44 to annual electricity bills. Dishwasher. Dishwashers use the same amount of standby energy per hour as smart speakers with an annual cost of £7.44. Washing machine. You pay less than 1p for an hour of standby use of your washing machine, yet it'll cost you £6.45 for an entire year. Tumble dryer. Tumble dryers are one of the highest energy consuming appliances costing you £1.20 per cycle. Microwave. Microwaves already have a high daily active cost, but if they're also never switched off, then it'll cost the families an extra £5.95 per year. TV. The annual standby cost for a TV is £5.70, and a printer. They're often left to sit in standby all year round, costing £1.24 per year.
1: The obituaries on the family announcement page
0: this week are,
1: Janet Collings, aged 85, Jean Alwyn Everard, aged 91. May they all rest in peace.
2: Now we come to What's On. Family Theatre, the instrumentals in the Old Town Hall in Hemelhempstead on May the 27th. When Belle is feeling down, she slips into her grandfather's basement and discovers his old dusty musical instruments. But far from being junk, they are pure funk and they teach Bell to get down in a whole new way. Bursting to life with puppetry and bold music, The Instrumentals is about the memories we hold and how we celebrate life. The show is ideal for ages four and above with characters, story and inspiration from the Afro-Caribbean diaspora. Expect uplifting original music with soulful sounds and 70s grooves, along with lots of comedy. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk or call 228091 to book or for more information. Theatre productions include Curtains, a musical Who Done It at Court Theatre Tring from May the 23rd to the 27th. It's murder putting on a new musical, literally. Jessica Cranshaw, star of the new Broadway-bound musical Robin Hood, has been murdered on stage on opening night. Everyone's a suspect. Time to call in the local detective, Frank Cioffi, who happens to be a musical theatre fan. With a nose for crime and an ear for music, Frank tries to find the killer while giving the show a lifeline. The Who Done is packed full of catchy songs, unforgettable characters and plot twists galore. It's presented by Tring Theatre Company. Visit courttheatre.co.uk to book or for more information.
0: Now music, family, theatre and comedy. Music. Remy Harris, Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead, June the 2nd. One of the UK's most exciting jazz and blues guitarists, Remy Harris has a growing international reputation for blending all of his influences into his own individual style of playing. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk or call 01442 228091 to book. Family Theatre... Journey to the Stars, Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead, May the 31st. Embark on a journey through the universe, across the solar system, past twinkling stars, towards distant galaxies, using only silly puppets, props, ludicrous wigs, and assorted fruits and vegetables. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk to book. And comedy. Lucy Porter, Wake Up Call, Watford Palace Theatre, May the 26th. Wake Up Call is a show about revelations, realisations and epiphanies, taking inspiration from the unwanted wake-up call life gives so often. Subjects covered include bin collection schedules, the novels of Jean Rees, and Cats. Visit WatfordPalaceTheatre.co.uk to book.
1: Pantomime legend Brian Connolly will lead this year's panto Cast in the magical family favourite Cinderella. And Milton Keynes Theatre. The show, described as the fairy godmother of all pantos, will run from December the 9th until January the 14th, 2024. Comedian, TV, and musical theatre star Brian has a career spanning nearly five decades. He has appeared in award winning West End musicals and television sitcoms presented his own chat show, recorded five albums, and completed numerous sell-out tours of the UK, as well as appearing in a record eight times on the Royal Variety performance and starring in over 35 pantomimes. Brian last visited Milton Keynes Theatre in 2017 for a role in the pantomime. Most recently, he has been on our screens as Rocky in BBC's EastEnders. Brian said, Panto is a truly magical experience every year and I can't wait for the magic of Cinderella to begin this Christmas. I loved being in Panto in Milton Keynes in 2017 and can't wait to be back on the stage there. Emma Sullivan Theatre Director at Milton Keynes Theatre, said, We are delighted to be welcoming the wonderful Brian Connolly back to the theatre in Cinderella this year. Brian is a firm favourite with Milton Keynes' pantomime audiences, who we know will bring all the panto magic and laughs we know and love. We can't wait for the season to start and look forward to seeing you all there. Cinderella is produced by the world's biggest pantomime producer, Crossroads Pantomimes, whose chief executive, Michael Harrison said, It's always a real honour to announce Brian Connolly in Panto. He's the ultimate showman, combining hilarious comedy, stunning vocals and an awesome stage persona to make his performance as Buttons, second to none. Join Cinders as she goes from rags to riches, outwits her very wicked sisters, and meets her prince. The clock is ticking, so visit atgtickets.com backslash Milton Keynes to book.
2: Back to information and sport. Hemel Hempstead MP Sir Mike Penning has thanked young bakers who held a front garden cake sale for the hospice of St Francis. And it wasn't just the flower that was raising because the friends managed to raise over 800 pounds for the decorum hospice which is based in Berkhamsted. Lilia and Katie Nunn were joined by friends Poppy and Daisy Ash and Mum in setting up a cake stall in their front garden in Woodhall Farm, Hemel. They sold over 1,000 homemade cakes, muffins, gingerbreads and doggy treats, raising a total of £805.37. Sir Mike, who is a patron of the Hospice of St Francis, said, This is a fantastic effort. I'm very proud of the community spirit in decorum, not only because of the great work by these girls and their families, but it is genuinely heartwarming to see the support they had from their neighbours and customers. It is clear that the people of decorum genuinely appreciate the work of our amazing hospice of St Francis. Lilia and Katie's mum, Sally, added, The girls had a steady stream of customers for over three hours, and there was often a queue. In the end, we closed an hour earlier than planned as we had sold every single item. We'd like to thank all the businesses, Tesco, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, One Stop and HSBC, for their support and donations. If you would still like to support them, you can make a donation at justgiving.com forward slash page Forward slash Sally Nunn N U N N dash one six eight zero double one six eight seven five seven six eight.
0: Now, this week in history. On May the twenty fifth, nineteen fifty one, British diplomats Burgess and Maclean were first reported missing. On this day last year, Sue Gray's full report into Downing Street parties in Whitehall during the coronavirus lockdown was published. May the 26, 1969, John Lennon and Yoko Ono began a bed-in for world peace in a Montreal hotel. May the 27th, 1941, the German battleship Bismarck was sunk. On this day last year, Spain topped a ranking of the best value overseas destinations for UK holidaymakers. May the 28, 1967, Francis Chichester arrives back in Plymouth after sailing round the world single-handed in Gypsy Moth 4. May the 29, 1982, Pope John Paul II became the first pope in 450 years to step onto British soil and the first to pray side by side with the Archbishop of Canterbury. On this day last year, Ride London returned after the pandemic with a new route through Essex. May the 30th, 1946, Labour Minister of Food, John Strachey, announced that bread would be rationed with the greatest allowance going to the manual workers in heavy industry. On this day last year, more than a million journeys were made on the central section of London's 18.9 billion Elizabeth Line railway in the first five days it was open.
1: Four silvers for Rob at university competition. Berkhamsted Swimming Club swimmer Rob Kelly was in action at the University of Birmingham's second annual Masters' Meet last weekend, taking four silver medals. He began with a 100-meter breast and was delighted to chop nearly five and a half seconds from his month-old best since returning to competition, taking fourth place in 1 minute 23.60. Next up was the 100-meter individual medley and he claimed the silver medal in his age group with another best of 1 minute 15.97 before taking another silver in the 100 metre back in a personal best of 1 minute 1770. He took fourth in the 100 metre fly in another personal best before his key event of the 100 metre free saw another silver secured in 1 minute 627. Rob finished off the meet with a final silver medal in the 200-metre individual medley in 2 minutes 52.76 to end a very successful day in the pool.
2: It is one of the most lucrative finals in the world, reckoned to be worth well over £100 million. On May the 27th, kick-off 4.45pm, football's championship final winner will make it to the heady heights of the Premier League. For the first three years, the playoff final took place over two legs, played at both sides' grounds. Charlton Athletic won the first championship playoff final in 1987, requiring a replay to defeat Leeds United. Played at the Old Wembley from 1990 until 2001, Cardiff was home to the championship playoff final from 2001 until 2006. The Millennium Stadium hosted the three heaviest wins in the history of the playoff final. Bolton beat Preston North End 3-0 in 2001. Wolverhampton Wanderers beat Sheffield United 3-0 in 2003. And Watford beat Leeds United 3-0 in 2006. The final returned to the new Wembley Stadium in 2007. Blackpool gained promotion from a sixth place finish in the championship in 2010, and Watford missed out in 2013 despite being just two points off the automatic spots. As of 2021, the championship playoffs involve the four teams that finished directly below the automatic promotion places in the EFL championship. The highest scoring championship playoff final came before the 3 nils at the Millennium Stadium. Charlton and Sutherland played out a 4 4 thriller at the old Wembley Stadium back in 1998. The Addicts, Charlton Athletic, were the eventual winners in a dramatic penalty shootout. Crystal Palace have won the most EFL championship playoff finals. The Eagles won in 1989 1997 2004 and 2013 as of August 21 no other club has won more than two playoff finals Fulham Hull West Ham Watford Bolton Charlton Leicester and Swindon have each won the EFL championship playoff final twice Promotion to the Premier League is believed to be worth at least £85 million pounds in the first season after promotion and an additional £80 million the following season, should an immediate relegation be avoided. Since the 1st playoff final, the second tier of English football's league itself has undergone a number of rebrands. In 1993, the Premier League was formed... A move which caused the second tier league to be renamed as First Division. In 2004, the First Division was rebranded as the Football League Championship, before the league's adoption of English Football League led to a 2016 renaming as the EFL Championship. Highest attendance for a championship final was in the 2013 14 season that saw QPR beat Derby County 1-0 in front of a crowd of 87,348. By convention, the two finalists agree that the loser will keep all the gate receipts from the game, so as slightly to soften the financial blow of missing out.
0: We're coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 04.55 and 21.02. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording, each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. If you wish to listen on Alexa, say, Alexa... Open the Talking Newspaper skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply, Play the Decorum Talking Newspaper. This part can be tricky. If Alexa offers the wrong station, just say, No, and then try again. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, after the music, there is the amenities section that gives details of various groups and the contact details of organisations. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal it up firmly. Turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail postbox. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all your readers, your editor, and Martin, your technician for this week. Goodbye.